Welcome to another pint with Shawnee B. Coming to you today from a beautiful sunny day in Bosnia, in Sarajevo, the capital city. I'm here with a very interesting guest, as always, a guy called Russo Pickenjack. Did I get your name right? Correct. Yeah. Ah, Russo. Russo Pickenjack. Yeah. Russo is a musician. He's a famous pianist, accordionist. How do you say that? Accordionist. Someone who plays the accordion, accordionist, anyway. Accordionist, yeah. Squeeze boxist. he is the owner of uh, two music schools in the world. Believe it or not, one is here in Sarajevo called Little Mozart Music School, or as they call it... Yeah, Mali Mozart. Mali Mozart. That's a little bit of um, policy for you there. But he also owns one in Sydney called Aria. So we're going to hear the story about how this guy runs two music schools on opposite sides of the planet how he grew up, what he learned about life, and what he can share with us today. So welcome to A Pint with Shawnee B. Russo. Hi, Sean. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Your name, Russo, is a nickname, and it means red. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Russo is uh, from Italian, Rosso, yeah. It's red, yeah, like Ferrari, yeah. I've been having fun in, in uh, Bosnia this trip because I've interviewed quite a lot of people that the first thing I'm having difficulty with is remembering people's names. And there's a shortage of vowels here. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Everything's kind of spelled P J Z K W K Z I N G. My name is Pink. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Correct. So uh, Russo was born in Sarajevo, True. and he is one month younger than I am. So you were growing up. <laughs> you were growing up in. The 70s, I was in Dublin, you were here. What was it like here then? We lived in a beautiful country called Yugoslavia. The fifth movement and um, the world uh, prosperity was worldwide after the Second World War and everybody felt it and um, all the countries settled in beautifully and um, many experts now say that we kind of lived in, uh, in a very rich, very secure and very great country uh, mm. at that time. People might might say dictatorship of Tito, Yossi yes. Bros Tito, but um, we f- didn't feel like that. Our passports were very popular because I know that lots of thieves yeah. uh, were um, asking for uh, our passports in the very expensive on the black market. Yeah. So we were f- free to travel, and we kind of got ourselves in between east west, and we had it everything. Our um, economy was really really good and uh, I remember as a child that the uh, we were equal to Austria. I can recall my childhood as a very happy childhood surrounded by security and peace tranquility and transparency in a way that the, we, we felt very safe and very um, able to almost do lots of things which which other parts of socialist countries at that time we're not allowed, we're, we're not allowed at yeah. all. So, so was Tito do you feel like a benign dictator? Did he have at his heart a desire to make the country work? I think he played a very smart card in a way in between the West and, uh, and the Iron Curtain. He kind of benefited financially as well from both sides. Mm. So he didn't allow the um, Russian part or Stalin to, to dictate him. He stayed independent. Lots of funds came to, to rebuild uh, Yugoslavia at that time. And we felt that the social security was very good. Unemployment was almost... 
zero, yeah. and everybody was kind of feeling the great and was happy. I remember, you know, lots of parties, lots of prosperity. Yeah. Was music part of your life at that age, or what? How did you get into the music? Mm, uh, music was always part of our lives and my life. Uh, mother was great singer and uh, not professional though, but father was a um, guitarist and a little tambura, tambourine uh, player. Right. But my first serious touch with music was when I was 11 I wanted to buy a little Vespa a little scooter all my friends buddies they in the street they were running around like mad you know I was <laughs> I was craning after the my first bike and unfortunately my mom put the deposit on it and uh, on Friday and I was supposed to get it on Monday but on Saturday the one neighbor died you know like got a car crash and uh, from from his bike he oh, fell boy. and and grandma got influenced my mother not to buy it. And then I got offered no bike. You buy, you get whatever you want, but no bike. And I was so sad. I was so pissed. In, in the end, I, uh, I ended up with um, trying a little melodica, your mouth organ, yeah. uh, wind organ. So, um, so and melodica, I like for those listening, is the one that you blow into and it's got piano keys on it. Yep. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you taught yourself this melodica? Or? I tried out. Yeah, exactly. I, I taught myself. I realized this is this is really lovely, and I ended up uh, not going for sport, watching the guys playing football, and I was uh, on the sidelines and playing that melodic, <laughs> practicing like that. And then they uh, they spotted. I think they suggested, why don't you go to the music school to get those skills? Of course, we didn't have a teacher for for melodica, but for accordion, yes, we did. Right. So I ended up with with my first red accordion, trying it out just with right hand but it was in the window in one shop in Sarajevo and a salesman or sales girl was reluctant to give it to me he said can you play it I said I can but in fact I couldn't play a chord oh you could play the piano bit and that's what I did and they said hey he just playing on the right hand side what about the left is it on holidays or is he just already (laughs) retired you know so that's how he started with with the red one and then later on my second one was more expensive than the golf car really in the form second, like second accordion when i was or squeeze boxes we a call squeeze in box it was a german weltmeister <laughs> wow. i remember clearly was quickly. it a present yeah as, as a present uh my teacher at that time pursued my parents to say hey your child is very very talented and then you should get a really top of the range uh, yeah that's always the time when you buy that and the kid goes oh, i don't want to play it anymore <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll hang it on the wall yeah exactly <laughs> so we trade it in for a golf <laughs> um, we're going to come back to the chronology. You're mm. currently in, you have your own band music, you, you produce music. Tell me a bit about that. And we're going to introduce your first, uh, Russo has brought two tracks we're going to play through the podcast today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the band that you're in now, who they are and what music you play and what you're, what you're at. Mm, mm. The first track we will, we will play, it's a um, duo with my fellow guitarist Mirza Rejipagic. Gankino Horo, it's a dance type from Bulgaria for a Balkan. I got introduced in Austria when I was studying by Danish professor Morgan Selegard at the Music Academy there as an artistical piece. Mm. And that's how I learned. I didn't know that song before. We recorded it back uh, three years ago in Sarajevo in the um, television sound uh, studio. Okay, so this is Russo's first track. I'll let you say it again because I'll make a mess of it. Ganki no Horo Ganki no Horo Ganki no Horo 
Who said you are not taught culture on a pint with Shoney B? Balkan music, who'd have thought it? Um, and we're going to have another track later from Russo. So, anybody who knows anything about anything knows that the former Yugoslavia collapsed. Bosnia, Serbia, Croatia splintered out of Yugoslavia, along with Slovenia, Macedonia, Kosovo, and Montenegro. And there was a war which lasted for many, many years. And I think it crept up on people. Um, Russo just said that it was a very peaceful childhood he had, but that was soon to come tumbling down. Tell me what happened. Um, it's, a, it's a difficult, I mean, uh, to, to go back and uh, to, to, to kind of express all these feelings. It's a, it's a, it's a horrible feeling. And, um, of course, uh, whoever went through, through these kind of things... Fortunately, I didn't stay too long, but it was too late for my father, and uh, brother just escaped, but heavily wounded. Mid-92, I kind of escaped and went to Croatia first and stayed for a while, and uh, further moved to Graz in Austria, where I met also with my um, wife, Sabina. Okay. Yeah, we met in, in, in Graz. That was kind of horror time for everybody who went through the war so nothing nice to say about that it's just suffering and misery and um, were you uh, lucky to get out uh, now I, I, I consider myself very very lucky yeah. but at that time I was very sad very pissed very very um, uh, sad that I couldn't help yeah, in a way my, my country physically yeah. to defend yeah. aggression and uh, but we found a way to, to help from Austria we formed a Bosnian student club. We were engaged in um, helping the University of Bosnia and Herzegovina, especially in Sarajevo and the hospitals. And uh, we were lobbying a lot and playing and um, participating in concerts and organizing and um, actually fundraising a lots of help to, to Bosnia. And uh, But it was interesting that with that time, we stayed as a one. Catholic. How do you mean you stayed as one? You, you uh, as a Bosnian Herzegovina, in oh, a so way. Like you didn't splinter off into the no, 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 okay, no, no, right. no, no, no. So there was the, there was the whole idea of defending the country. Yeah. The other element to all this, and I think that's probably where you did help, was the, the frustration really of why the world took so long to step in and <coughs> fix this problem or make it less gruesome and horrible, and horrific. The inactivity of Europe, I think, will be uh, what history will remember this period as. You were in Austria also learning music, studying? When I came to Austria, I was um, kind of semi-illegal. I just escaped as a refugee. So I got from one um, Austrian-Jewish musician uh, accordion because I left everything. I left behind everything, no instruments with me. I thought I was going just for a month and yeah. I'll be back. Everybody thought yeah. that, that, that it could not long. Did your Couldn't expensive last. accordion survive the war? Uh, no, oh. no. The, the, everything was cleared up. Gone, uh, right. All gone, all gone. But anyway, so I ended up with one um, horner, and I um, went to to Basque to play on the street. Right. And I put up a bright face and um, entertained the um, Grazza people, yeah. yeah. So it was with great success. So I learned a lots of popular music, the great classics. It's very big in Austria, isn't it, as well? Sorry? It's very big in Austria. Well, uh, of sort, course, yeah, yeah. of course. And um, of course, then I learned uh, lots of traditional uh, Austrian, Austrian yeah. music. And what was it like just, I mean, you, you'd lost your father and your brother was injured and you're looking at the war from 
Austria is not that far away from exactly. from from in terms of land distance. What was it like? Just the frustration of watching year go into year, go into year, and still it just trundling on. Because I think a lot of people I've spoken to want, assumed it would not. I mean, the siege of Sarajevo was what four or five years, nearly. I think wasn't it? Exactly, four years. Um, once you find yourself in, in this belief in the beginning, you, you once you get yourself what's exactly and when you understand what's actually happening, then you you you, you turn into action. So for me, it was uh, one thing in my mind to help my brother and mother yeah. to survive in Sarajevo, yeah, because they were moved from our family home in Vogoscha, mm. and that uh, they moved one part of Sarajevo, northern part, where it was captured yeah. and ethnically cleaned. And also fellow fellow students and the Sarajevo people to, to, to help survive. I made the observation that it would have been handy if the internet and all the sort of communication skills we have on our fingertips today through our phones was around then, right? You wouldn't believe. Yeah. Uh, we were driving from Graz to Bratislava or to Czech Republic yeah. just to make a phone call from the... Really? Yes. The old cables were lost connections but somehow from Slovakia they and Chile, okay. they were okay you could get through that's a four hour drive right more more to make a phone call <laughs> in the 1990s <laughs> so you left Austria after the war or what, or what happened then no still the war was raging it was an interesting proposal at the time Australia was um, getting four and a half thousand of Bosnian refugees and uh, everybody Around from the Bosnian student club applied, and they were convincing us that we become kangaroos as well, and, and go <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, see the merino shapes and uh, see the opera house, of course. And I said, no, 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 I have a beautiful career going on at the time. I was um, enrolled at the music academy, and also I had a job in the opera house in the state Vereinigten Graz as a componist and a, a composer and. A, um, in, uh, when I was basking on the street, I got lots of offers, yeah. job offers, and I, I took yeah, okay. I took few, and then I, I ended up in the, in the theater with three different groups. Right. Yeah. So it's, this is a story from from my basking era, but in the end, kind of, I said, let's freeze the studying for one year, and then just see. We got a free ticket and a free social security, five hundred hours of English. See the Opera House, go mm. to Sydney, and it was really tempting and, and exciting. And then that's what we did as, so, as, as a couple. And what was it like when you first touched down in Sydney with your new wife? They, they took care about us. We came as a refugees again. We felt really straight away that we have a future and opportunity here to start a family. And um, When yeah. was this, the mid-90s? Uh, 1994. 94, okay. Well, I went there in 98, but... Around that time, Australia was very welcome, and it was actually a, exactly. a much bigger advert for looking, yeah, yeah. looking after people who are who are refugees than it has now. It's really exactly. it's really shutting up shop badly now, and it's a little bit embarrassing. Yeah. And did so, you set up the school pretty quickly? Or no, no, no. What did you Again, work at? So I, I couldn't do teaching or any kind of work which involves um, fluent English. So I had to wait. So I did again busk 
play Down a lot. circular key in places. Yes, circular key, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I was engaged in few um, fiddle on the roof, free society, free musicals, and right. playing accordion. Did um, your wife get a job or? No, Savina was, so uh, was studying. So it's expensive in Australia. Yeah, kind of. Uh, but I was driving a lot with pizza delivery, right. Pizza Hut. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was busy man, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> Did you feel it was uh, that there was opportunity though? Did you feel that you you, yes, you knuckled down? And, you know? It was really difficult. A completely different story from Austria. In Austria, it wasn't much different to to, to Bosnia. Uh, in Australia, it was more entrepreneurish, yeah. and it was more driven on creativity, innovations. Later on, I liked it a lot, and I liked it still today. Yeah. This is the way to go, of course, and uh, I'm using a lot of benefits from Australia here yeah. in, in, in Sarajevo. What was the big breakthrough then in Australia for you guys? We, we applied for jobs, many jobs there as a music teacher, and I got one in VIP uh, Music, uh, and the boss was from Shanghai, Chinese, oh, okay. yes. And we both started working for VIP Music for three, three and a half years, right. and um uh, we decided that we we give it a go and start our own way, our own old school, yeah, wow. Aria music. Yeah, that was brave. Uh, kind of, yeah. But you were yeah. getting into that entrepreneurial <laughs> swing of things. Time for your second musical selection for the podcast. Mm. Um, Larin Dovani with uh, Sandy Lopicic Superstar. Superstar is a big band, a twelve-piece band in Austria, based in Graz. Uh, this particular piece uh, was played 2010, recorded in Jazz in the City uh, closure of the festival in Salzburg, in National Theatre, and I love that piece. It's a gypsy piece, mm-hmm. full of character, change of rhythms, moods, atmosphere, like gypsy nomads. They, nice. They're people who move around and live joyfully and happily. Um, I really, really like that piece, yeah. We give you... Lerindovani. Lerindovani.
to my appalling pronunciation. Um, we're still here with Russo, and he's now set up school in Sydney. Was it a success from the start? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a successful uh, start, but um, we kind of believed in ourselves, that we, we, we believed in the, in, the, in the formula that should and must and kind of have to work an honest and educated approach that put, to put a child in the center of all attention. So if we deliver mm. to the child, to that particular person who is in center of our attention, of, of helping them achieve their full potential or learn the music in this instance, it, it comes and flows mm. by itself. We kind of slowly, school by school, um, succeeded signing up to offer the mainly it's the piano, keyboard and the, and the guitar Mm-hmm. Tuition individual to yeah to school students from the, yeah from right. schools and we have we set it up our own studio as well okay, okay. so the school has been existence from ninety seven so uh, uh, nineteen years yeah okay you guys then presumably at this stage had three kids and you made a decision to come back to Bosnia which to me seems <coughs> kind of weird why did you decide to come back um, actually what had happened. Um, I had a little little accident. Two thousand and four, was packing up to come on holidays to Europe, and then I, uh, by accident, I bumped my head in the wardrobe mm. on that particular day, which I was flying off from Sydney. And then after fifteen days in in, in, in Europe, I ended up in in a hospital um, emergency with the uh, huge cloth, you know, uh, brain. yeah, yeah, brain trauma, yeah, hematoma. So they operated, and um, I was medically dead. 
and uh, yeah, yeah. So they needed to operate again, but uh, they didn't know what to do. Luckily, um, our SOS insurance, travel insurance, helped, and they they sent the plane from Paris with two doctors and two pilots, and they um, transported me from Sarajevo to Paris, and I got wow. uh, another operation in, in uh, yeah in Paris. Took me two years to fully recover. Yeah, without teaching, without major activities. So it's neuro stuff. So it, it takes recovery it's slow, because I couldn't fly. I felt the distance from Europe, and I, I felt that I didn't. I, I haven't been able to attach myself to Europe more as I wanted it. Yeah, and artistically and to connect, continue with my projects in theater and uh, music and band playing. So that prevented me. Joy, Did you have joy- any sort of epiphany in your life coming so close to, to death yeah uh, of course um, that, that that kind of experience and whoever is close to death or being probably physically that but not spiritually that yeah. funny experiences and, and deep experiences it was a time of awakening and starting to look at the, at the world and life in, 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 in general uh, from different perspective from a higher perspective of all simply from different perspective. At that time I realized I, I need to allow my kids to have a bit of... Uh, because they were very artistical and they're very musical, so much talent. Yeah. So I, I realized that uh, being based in Europe for the time being, whilst they experiencing all this uh, hunger for, for learning yeah. and getting connection to the, all these great uh, academies and professors in Europe... Yeah. So uh, I realized, let's move for time being to Europe and be based. It was great for me, and I'm still using that opportunity to explore and do many projects here. And for children, it shows that they're really now reaping the benefits of it, yes. Right. So they're enjoying it as you well. You came back to Sarajevo? Sarajevo, yes. Hometown, so from hometown. Sarajevo, you travel to Austria, and your kids, get, your, your kids are, you feel, are getting more classical music education in Europe than they would have in Australia? All our kids are born in Australia. They're Aussies. Yeah. Being privileged to be Australian, the younger two girls, Ella and Alana, they're going to International Montessori School in English. And then I think Ariana has become also play with a pro uh, teacher for flute and it's just, she's still studying here in Sarajevo and then uh, taking the turns um, master classes and visiting some great universities and some masters of, of music. In that sense, it's just enrichment. I think this this way they they're using best of both worlds. It's worth uh, pointing out that Russo and uh, Sabina kept open Aria in Sydney and then opened a school in Sarajevo. So tell me about what, what prompted that. When we came to uh, Blooming Child at the time, it was called Blooming Child Montessori. First Balkan, uh, especially in Bosnia and Herzegovina, Montessori school. They asked me to help. Uh, school kids and their kids to to learn music. So I was helping as a as a, as a father, and then uh, I taught uh, youngsters there in the school, and um, they enjoyed a lot. So for one year we ran also the performing arts the program for the school, and then we opened up our premises where we also now have uh, all instrumental programs, but also we envisage the school to become a center for very talented young students in order to to reconnect for the re- with the rest of the um, Europe and, and the world mm. so using the expertise and the knowledge and kind of experience we want to employ 
into that and that's that's my drive that's my kind of uh, mission so the new school is called little mozart uh, as i said at the top of the show so after this whole part second part of your life where what, what looking back would you advise your younger self um i don't know I'm still advising my younger self, and <laughs> <laughs> it's it's always the hardest thing to, to say. Um, yeah, We're always well, learning, aren't we? The part of being brave and kind of move from, from security of, of a great country of Australia, is financial security, let's put it that way, and uh, systematic security, was also not saying, this is it. Now I, I've done my part, and I just watch my children and support them. But I, also I said, there is more to it. There is more to it. I'm not ready yet to hang in and settle down. And I wanted to reconnect because the war kind of stopped me in, in the midst of my creation. And I felt that I haven't expressed and done enough right. in that field. So that's why I kind of came back and reconnected with theatre, reconnected with the band. I think bringing the art and the possibility for young people to connect, exchange the, the, the knowledge and the joy of, of making music together. That's my next will and, and desire to work on it more with Little Mozart, with Aria Music, and also Connections Now, which started with, with Salzburg, with great professor Paul Rosick, to plan the organization and the protocol of the big first international violin competition no, in Sarajevo. That's, that's a big thing I, I really wanting to to and bring it even further to, to Sydney to Sydney Con um, and uh, use the expertise and experiences and exchange for benefits for everybody. So yeah. What is your view on the world given the life you've lived um, as it applies to your three daughters growing up? Are you optimistic or pessimistic, or what advice do you give them? Um, no, it's 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 a it's a very simple and hard thing to say. How to be put it simply? Um, there is a hope. There is a hope, and last uh, hope always dies last. Yeah, I am positive, and I believe in people's power, people's understanding, and uh, love. It's not easy to, to say that, 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 that things are, will be good and then that they're moving in the right direction. It's quite opposite. They're grim and they're moving in horrible direction. But with all these things, what I can do, I can just do as, I, uh, as I'm already doing it, trying to reach out through multiculturalism. Uh, everybody has the same desires and same uh, striving and um, ways to express themselves and live their life fully. But I think also I'm always telling young people to push hard and live their lives fully, enjoy and find the passion what they like and then go for it. Sky's the limit. So Pick and Jack, that was a great conversation. I love to hear interesting stories like that where you've gone all over the world and I think you've got a very uh, interesting approach to life. I think you're right that if we can all maybe go back to the basics of what makes us human beings we can all agree to live multiculturally in peace together thank you for joining the party Sean thanks Sean thanks it was a pleasure